This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. No credit card required. Enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout to get 10% off. And buy America Votes with Cards Against Humanity. Make your voice heard with Cards Against Humanity as they offer two new expansion packs about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Learn more right now by visiting americavoteswithcardsagainsthumanity.com. Oh, boy. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, good. Fourth time's a charm. Fourth time's a charm. What? Oh, Beep. my God. Now, what, what caused it that time? Well, see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing about the internet. Yeah. The way it's provided to you. I don't know this, what it's like in other countries, but. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. But here in America, it's provided to you by a company. Right? Mm, yeah. Even though the internet itself exists in a sphere, mm. right? It's a series of tubes under the Rocky Mountains in Salt Lake City uh, in an old salt mine owned by Jeff. Is, is, that where, is that where the internet mostly is? It has tendrils that come out via, via tubes and orbs, but mm-hmm. it's largely located in uh, Colorado? That's my sense of it. Between Salt Lake and Colorado, there's a giant tunnel that used to be a salt mine. Mm-hmm. That now has a uh, biohazard billboard outside of it. Okay. That's, uh, that's, so that, that's smart. Yeah, so that future generations, when they uh, don't speak languages anymore, and they're just wandering the desert, post-apocalypse. Mm, here be dragons. Right. Exactly. They see the pointy biohazard sign. They know that either there's a giant metal concert happening there. <laughs> Or the internet. <laughs> or that's where the internet lives and don't mess with it. Oh, my gosh. We finally found a way to contain it. Yeah, right. But the tubes, the tendrils, let's call them tendrils. Tendrils, yeah. The tendrils come out, and then at some point, there is coitus interruptus hmm. between the tendrils and me. And <sighs> in between, there is a portal. Let's call it a, let's call it a valve. Okay. <laughs> I should be writing all this down. Yeah. You got you got you got the cold storage and the spiky signs. That's that's where they mainly keep the internet and then through a series of tubes, orbs, tendrils and portals, there are various methods by which the internet does or does not get to John Roderick. Right. And the valves are controlled by companies. Oh, the valves, okay. Right? <clears throat> In my case at my office, the valve is controlled by a company called Wave. John, did you have many, many options for your internet provider at your office? At my office, Wave Company has the exclusive rights to provide internet. And that right was, was uh, negotiated, I think, at a level above, above my access, right? I, didn't, I wasn't included in that discussion. So I can only use the internet provided by Wave, and Wave is very inconsistent, sometimes the valve slams shut mm-hmm. and then i am uh you know i am in a situation where i have to take out my big chief notebook and write down some <laughs> very very angry letters mm-hmm. to various minxes mm-hmm. <laughs> both these as wheel turns <laughs> and and then those, sometimes you fear that your valve may have permanently sealed permanently sealed 
And so I, I called uh, customer service and I, uh, I talked to a nice man. At a certain point, I yelled at him. Hmm. At a certain point, he reverted to, as we've talked about before, customer service formality. Oh, he got nice. He did. He said, sir. Mm, sir. And then he said, well, sir, before you swore at me, when in fact all I had said was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Which isn't swearing. I think in the in the realm of customer service, I'm I'm not a lexicographer, but I think in the realm of customer service, that's just a response. Like, did you did you try plugging it in? Yeah, right. Bullshit oh, is boy. a totally valid response. Totally valid. And I got a ton. I, I he asked me seriously if I had unplugged and replugged in my modem three times, mm. and uh, at one point he said something. I don't remember what it was, and I said bullshit. Mm. And he said, well, sir, before you swore at me, I was about to tell you some – I was about to tell you to unplug your modem. And I was like, oh, my God. So anyway, here I am broadcasting from a separate location mm-hmm. where the tubes are clear. The valve is open for now. The valve is open. The tubes are clear. The internet is provided by a different company. This, this internet – this is Comcast internet. Mm-hmm. Another internet provider that is – some kind of oligarchy, oligopoly, mm. and uh, they don't uh, they don't care about me, Mm-mm. right? I've been Mm-mm. on the phone with them too. They don't care about me. I might have even said bullshit to them. Mm. And what I want is unfettered, unrestricted access to the to the tubes. I want to control my own valve. Yeah, and I don't. You tell me, Merlin. What what about net neutrality? Oh, can I literally beg you not to get me started on this? But now you have. And now here's the thing about the valves and the okay. tubes and the yes. orbs and the tendrils. And so, yes, about the cold storage by the spiky sign in Colorado. And by the way, it's pronounced Colorado, I found out. Colorado? Colorado and Nevada. Oh, and found, how were you pronouncing that? Well, I used to say Nevada and Colorado. And apparently that's not correct. I found a, a, a webpage that tells you how to pronounce states. Colorado, and you, and now you're saying it's Colorado. I'm supposed to say Colorado, so, but here's here's the thing, and this is this is I think the vexing part about so much of the technology stuff, is it seems like it either works ninety uh, percent well or it doesn't work at all, mm-hmm. and when it doesn't work at all. There's not much recourse except yelling bullshit at somebody you don't know. There's yeah. not much you can do. And I was trying to – so just in terms of a little bit of Inside Baseball, this is our third – well, counting today's failures, a fourth fourth attempt to record this show in That's the last right. week and a half because of your wave problem and, yes. and the inherent uh, valve issues and you don't have control of the valve. Right. So we've had some abortive attempts to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to help you troubleshoot it because the error message you were getting – I used, I used the Googles, and I found out that oh. that's for your router. Yes. Your router was throwing that message. So I was trying to help you log into that to see if maybe it needed to be rebooted. Right. But here's, so here's the thing. So now, now The wave people, now I'll just interrupt. The wave please. people have the capacity to reboot the router via uh, their own valve. Assuming, their- assuming all of the tendrils are intact, they should be able to say, there is a router here, or there's a modem here, yes. and I should be able to, to see if that's working. So here's what happened. Here's where the mystery deepens. Mm. They were able to see the router. And that doesn't were, make you feel better. And they said, seems fine. Looks fine from here. Works for looks, me. Looks fine from here. Yeah. And, I, and that's why they were like, try and unplug it. Mm. And I said, listen to me. I have been, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, which mm-hmm. is a good phrase. I don't usually use it because it's kind of trite. This isn't my first rodeo. No. I, I was driving in a town uh, called McMinnville, Oregon the other day, 
and uh, a guy Matt, Matt Howie country. That's right. And I was I was parallel parking, and a guy in a very big Dodge Ram truck pulled up right behind me, and I had my blinker on and my reverse lights on, and I proceeded to back up in order to get to my um, to my parking spot. At which point he honked his giant horn, and so I leaned out the window and I said, "I'm parallel parking here." You know, in a kind of, I didn't use a Brooklyn accent, but Mm-mm. like parallel parking here, you know what that's from. We gave him a little Razzo Rizzo. That's right. And he leans out his window and he says, That movie's overrated. <laughs> no, he's, and he's wearing a baseball cap and he has a mustache and his wife is in the truck. And he says, You ran that stop sign and everything. Hmm. Referring to a prior stop sign, which I had made a free right turn at, which is legal in the Northwest. And maybe I didn't come to a complete stop. Yeah. I slowed and then made a free right. Right? You were respectful. He said, you ran that stop sign and everything. And everything. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, that's, and that's why the horn? That's why the He came up behind me, didn't want to give me an inch to parallel park because I had run that stop sign. Oh, it's time for some front frontier and, justice. That's right. And everything. <laughs> And so I thought at that moment to yell, is this your first rodeo, cowboy? Which I thought would be a good burn. <laughs> but then I thought, that's, a, that's two on the nose. If that, were, if that were three lines from a screenplay, it would never pass muster, though. That's because right. it's not, <laughs> it's, it's such an odd exchange. Yeah. And so what I said... I, because I because this is the problem, right? If you if you edit yourself in the moment, sometimes you do it. Sometimes it works, but a lot of times you get in front of yourself, right? And so I should have said, "Is this your first rodeo, cowboy?" Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been devastating. But instead, I said, "Is this your first day?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I got halfway in, and I was like, "Don't say don't say rodeo." Is this your first day? It sounds like this is has been translated from maybe Polish. Yeah. Is this your uh, first day? You run day the stop sign you? and everything. Is this your first day? <laughs> and so, of course, he, like, big diesel, like, uh, take off around me on his way to the other side of McMinnville, like, to the feed and seed store, because it might have been his first day. Oh, you might, you might have tr- triggered him a little bit. Well, but then I sat in my car and I was like, God, is this your first day? Nobody's going to be like, sick burn. <laughs> all the other people walk, all the, all the like hippie moms walking the streets of McMinnville are going to be like, is this your first day? They're going to they're gonna walk home. They're going to be thinking about that. Was that a burn or what? Hmm. So anyway, you were about to go on a rant about uh, 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 internet uh, portals. Eh, nah, nah. It's just that uh, I know what you mean about the valves, though, because I get this. Um, I, mm, I'm going to say something shocking here. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Cable Town, the company, but oh. uh, but the Comcast service has been fast and solid for me, hmm. mostly for the past few years, with some crazy exceptions. And you know, the the thing is that. In order to have the technology that we have, there are so many layers of abstraction to make us not have to see the bits and bytes. And that benefits us a lot of the time. When it works extremely well, you don't want to even think about the bits and bytes. I don't. But, but then when something does go wrong, there's not, they don't easily expose 
I think about this all the time on my phone. If something's not working on my phone, if my messages are coming up in the wrong order or not at all, there's not a button that says, show me what's going wrong. No, you can do nothing. And this is super true to the 11 millionth power with the internet, because if your internet goes out, you, well, unless you're on your phone and wireless, you can't even go to the website and check it out. It's the ultimate network diagnostic says the network is not working kind of right. problem. Right. So, I mean, one handy thing to do is like, luckily with Comcast, you can go in and if you log in with your phone using, you know, your regular old LTE service or whatever, it'll, you can go in and see if there's any problems in your area. But then you get these mystery me problems. This is almost done, I swear. But uh-huh. like the, a, a fairly common twice a year thing for me with Comcast is their DNS servers go down. Oh, yeah. And DNS is just, you know, for people who care. Is do just, not service. Do not service. That's right. You get you, no sh- shirt, no shoes. <laughs> right to res- reserve. Uh, it's basically the system that says that this IP address equals this name and vice yeah. versa. So the thing is, though, if you you don't experience you experience that as websites don't come up because right. it's using the names of them, usually not the IP addresses of those things. And but how would a normal person ever? That's me. Well, how? OK, so I, I know I know to do this because it took several times of this happening to what I would hear like every couple few months. Oh, the DNS servers go down. So one thing you can do is you can go, you can log into, in my case, my router is an Apple router. I can go into the Apple router and I can say, use this, these different DNS servers, avoid the Comcast servers. Uh-huh. I don't think many people are going to think to do that. If they're, no. if they're, uh, if their Game of Thrones isn't showing up, it's not necessarily going to occur to them to go find alternate IP addresses to use as DNS servers. I would not, that would not occur to me. And, and then even then it doesn't always work because that may not be the problem, right. you know? And so, you know, it, it's, it's really vexing and you start to feel like you got morgelons. Like you go to your doctor and you say, I have threads coming out of my skin and here's a matchbox full of, uh, of skin and mushrooms. And so what do we need to do to fix this? And they go, that's not a thing. Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. how you feel when you're, when you're talking to these folks. Yes, that is how I feel. And so, not, not to press a bruise here, but this is still, I'm giving that you're at a third location, that yep. this is not a resolved issue with your wave. No, because then the person, the very nice man, and we ended up being good friends. Did you reconcile? We did, because, because he went away to talk to somebody and put me on hold with some jazzy music. And when he came back, I had calmed down, and he had calmed down. And then he was talking to me, not in, a, not in his, like, training voice, but he was talking to me in a human voice. Hmm. And I sat and listened to his human voice, and then I said, I'd like to apologize for my outburst earlier. Oh, good for you. And he said, thank you, sir. And then we proceeded from there in a very human way. And at the end, he said, I understand how frustrating this is. I would be frustrated if I were in your situation. And I said, you're going off script now. Yeah, like no, I, don't you're, he, I don't think he's supposed to say that. No, you're apologizing. Like, hey, let's keep this between us. If this mm-hmm. call is being recorded for quality assurance, <laughs> let's hope nobody reviews it mm-hmm. because they're going to see that you're being a human being. So then he said, <clears throat> I have the following – because you have to be there for Wave to come. Check it out. So he was like, I have the following appointments. Monday at 11. And I was like, too late. I have, an, I have a podcast at 10 on Monday. All right, what about Tuesday at 11? Well, that would be after the podcast. So that's no good. What about Sunday at 2? Do you think I want to be at my office Sunday at 2 waiting for six hours for a wave guy? Yeah. Like Sunday. That's that's Sunday fun day. Mm -hmm. It says it right in the name. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'd be at a monster truck rally. Yeah. 
So what it ended up was none of the times were convenient to me because guess what? No, it's never going to be convenient for me to go sit at my office without internet uh. for four to six hours waiting for your repairman to it's come. It's like your basement is full of water and they want you to just go <laughs> sit in uh. waist deep water for a couple, couple to eight hours until they sh- maybe show up. Yeah, go sit in the basement. Well, sir, or- sir, we can't fix that until you go sit in the water. So for me, what that means is go sit in front of my computer from 1997 and go through old files and try to remember why I put that in a file. Oh, that's no good. You know, like some of them are like, why did I put that in a file? Isn't it weird like, how long we used computers before they were on the internet? It seems, well, yeah. It seems, it seems so weird now. I guess I'll look at my text files. I remember taking some little, you know, what were the floppies that weren't floppy? Yeah, like, the, I know what you mean, like the the little the ones with the little silver slidey thing on them. Yeah, little little pop tarts. They still call those. You can call that a floppy disk. That's all right. Yeah, but how would you distinguish that from like a giant seven inch across floppy? Right, you got the big PC floppy disk with the right. little record player in them, and then you got the little ones, and you get like what? Like you get in uh, was it eight hundred K or yeah, eight hundred full on K. Right, and you could put tape over the little notch and 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 make them bigger. There used to be a trick. Yeah, that was a trick, right? Because they, you, you would you'd flip them, it would flip the switch. Double side, double density. Uh, double side, double density. I remember that. That was like that was like a double sided tape. That was like 120 minute bass of tape. That was a bass. That's a, that was a, that was a huge uh, technology. Yes, it was. <laughs> anyway, I had a bunch of the uh, the little the post- toaster size ones, uh, toaster popping fresh uh, floppies. Oh, like a Pepper's Farm bread that size. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I took them in to The Stranger, Seattle's uh, weekly alternative paper, back before I was feuding with them the most recent time, mm-hmm. because they had some old Mac, some some Lisa, that, was, that they actually had hooked up to their system where you could put in floppies and translate that material into a contemporary format. So you could get like old like Microsoft Word files or whatever. Yeah. And so I went in there and I had like I had 800 files where I had sat down uh after smoking a doobie and written some uh what we would call now a blog post but which at the time was uh was a post for a zine that I had the idea to publish one day. Wow. Which I never did publish. A zine and all this stuff, all this writing that was, uh, you know, at a time before I had ever published anything where I would sit down at the, at the typewriter or the computer later and say, a writer writes. And so I would write, I would write, write, write. And the writing would be garbage. But I would fill the page with writing about my feelings or, or observations. And, uh, and I think by, via that process – did actually develop a writing style. And I have like hundreds and hundreds of these uh, pages. And I translated them all over into a format that I can now even go into my 1998 computer, uh, waist deep in water, mm-hmm. waiting for the internet, yeah. and, uh, and read some of these, these wonderful, wonderful historical posts, unposted posts, that's what we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then be unable to either delete them because they're part of the historical record or edit them because, again, 
that would be that's like going back and putting shockwaves around the destruction of a planet. Well, it's kind of like oh yeah, it's kind of your Paul McCartney problem, right? Yeah, don't go back. Mm-mm. You know, never, never go back. Always go forward. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, what are they? They're just these albatrosses. I don't want. I, nobody's ever going to read them. I'm never going to publish them in a zine. Yeah. Do I do I give them to my daughter when I die? I'm not or sure how to this? feel about this story. It's it's getting kind of sad. <laughs> Yeah, every bit. one of my stories, if you pursue it long enough, turns into uh, turns into another year passing, where then death is raking up my year into a, a garbage bag that looks like a pumpkin. <laughs> <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Please check these folks out. You are using Squarespace right now because you know what? Turns out Roderick on the line is hosted on Squarespace. True story. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it is worth sharing with the world. Squarespace puts all the power you need into your hands and it takes away the pain points. The pain points will just be gone. You can check. Stuff like worrying about hosting, scaling, what to do if you get stuck with something. Squarespace helps you with all that stuff. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You do not have to be a nerd. and You don't have to be a nerd at all. It just works. It's just beautiful. They have state-of-the-art technology that powers your site that ensures security and stability. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. And their site templates are just stunning to look at. They all feature responsive design. And that means your site is going to look great on any size or device. Any kind of dingus, it's going to look swell. That's just getting started. Squarespace has tons of awesome features. They have free 24 by 7 support with live chat and email. They have the Squarespace commerce platform that allows you to add a store to your Squarespace site. And they have this thing called the cover page functionality. This thing's terrific. You can make a beautiful, just great looking, solid, single page website. So cool. They got rock solid, fast hosting, and so much more. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, you can totally do this by digging into their dev platform. You can put your hands literally, literally right on the code and tinker with your Squarespace site. Now, here's the thing. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name that allows you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Go, please, right now, and start your trial today with no credit card required. Start making your website by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, Make sure to use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN. That is going to get you 10% off your first purchase, and it will show your support for Roderick on the Line. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> right? It sits in death's front yard. <laughs> Happy holidays. God, it just never gets better, does it? <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing ever gets better. Well, how could it? No. No. Nobody's working on making it better. You're, you're, you, know, you know, it's Sisyphus all over again, right? It's, it's, you're pushing it's, a modem up a modem up a hill. Sisyphusian. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. I think people are trying to make more rather than better. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. More do better. Yeah, and just more and slightly different. Mm. But not better. Mm-mm. You don't get better that much so often. Right. Mm-hmm. What was the last time you upgraded or, uh, yeah, or uh, updated? Let's say upgraded or updated mm-hmm. um, 
anything where you felt like that was not just new, but there was a there was a market improvement in what was already there. Right. Not not that often, and it's usually uh, feel free to disagree, but sometimes. By uh, sort of by by dint of the fact that the operating system on the phone gets better, mm. the people who make the apps that I use are sometimes able to do something really really quite amazing, and actually very useful from the minute I get it. That mm. is one place where I do see that improvement. Now, it, is that something where having you know millions, literally millions of apps on the app store has led to life being better? Absolutely not. It's a shit show. But mm. no, in, in regular life, I mean, our friend John Syracuse has talked about this with toaster ovens. You think about the toaster oven of your childhood. Like that's to me that's a pretty great example. Like the toaster oven that we had, it was before Black and Decker. Later it would be a Black and Decker model, I think. But there was this one toaster oven that everybody had in 1978. I remember it. It was flawless. Yeah. I mean, not flawless, but well, I mean, they still work now. If you find one in a thrift store, plug it in. It's oh, so there's so many grandmas and grandpas that still have this thing, and it, it works great. It does what it needs to do. It makes toast fast and dependably. It has an analog dial that lets you choose exactly how dark you want it to be, and you can also make a Stouffer's meal in it. Yeah, Stouffer's. And like you know, uh, so I mean, yeah, whatever, old man talk. But you know, instead now you go to Walgreens and you get a toaster for nineteen dollars. That's just a, it's a piece of shit. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's, well, knobs. Can we just say knobs? Yeah, what, why can't we have more knobs? knobs? Knobs are such a good idea. I don't want a digital display. I don't want a button. I don't want to scroll through something. Give me a knob. It's, 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 it's a great scroll. You actually literally scroll. Especially like a ticky, ticky, ticky knob. Mm-hmm. I like a ticky ticky where you can go like, you know what three notches means on your old clock radio or, you know, like in your car stereo, you know, think about an old AC Delco where you knew exactly how to turn to get right to Q105. You knew exactly how much motion it took. Yeah. Do you, do you want to know a secret? Yes. Do you want to know a secret? Boom, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. Do you promise not to tell? We listen to the Beatles this weekend. Wah, wah, wah. We listen to the Beatles this weekend. Uh, they're a good band. Yeah. You know, George... George uh, wrote some kind of kind of mean songs. He had a little bit of that Rolling Stones fever. He was really mad at women for a while. Well, George, you know, like uh, still waters run deep. Yeah. Except in the case of George, still, um, still waters barely run. <laughs> but he got he got way better, even by Revolver. He, like something like "I Want to Tell You" is is a m- much better song. He's, uh, you know, my favorite Beatle, obviously. But Re- he- whoa, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, but he he was a dark little dude, and that's why he went to the to um, the Swami mm-hmm. land. Ma- he went Maharishi, to Swami religion. Maharishi Mahesh. Right, and then mm-hmm. uh, then Hare Krishna, mm-hmm. which is actually Hari Krishna. Mm. Nevada, right? Nevada. 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 Hari Hari. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't call it Harry Krishna, right? Harry Krishna, well, that's my father's name. <laughs> Don't call me Mr. Krishna. <laughs> but, um, but George... Actually, like, it's, actually it's Krishna's monster. <laughs> yeah, Harry Krishna. He changed it at Ellis Island. I, uh, From I always time. felt like the, like the, you know, whatever was dark and fucked up about Lennon was right on the face of things. Whatever was dark about Paul, his true darkness, Paul's darkness, I think was uh, – Paul is probably the darkest man that ever lived, but it is so buried. <laughs> He's like Voldemort? I think that Paul if – you, if, you if you took the they live 
a human face mask off of Paul, you would find a you would find a many tentacled Cthulhu. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Ringo wow. is the only person, the yeah. only Beatle who is genuinely nice. Like Ringo is is purely a nice person. I believe that. But George, there's something there's something dark in in George that you know that uh, that he tried to solve. Let's call let's say George tried to solve his darkness, and I and I admire him for that. That's one of the reasons he's my favorite Beatle. He's also the smallest Beatle. No. Yep. You tell me Ringo is taller than George? Well, I don't know if he's taller than George, but he's bigger than George. Hmm. Right? Like smallness. Oh, George is kind of narrow. George is narrow. I think if you put them in a mass spectrometer, okay. George would have the... Beatles the, in a spectrometer. <laughs> oh, my. Um, but <clears throat> George is my favorite. He's, he's got more molecular, molecular uh, weight. Ringo does. Yeah, Ringo. Yeah, his molecules are bigger. Okay. But uh, there are a few songs by George that just make me as happy as any, as any music. And it's um, – I, I can't explain exactly why. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm typing now. That's fine. Um, uh, I can't explain exactly why these, these, um, these George Harrison tunes – made me happier than almost any other Beatles song. But, uh, but they did, right? Like, I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. How do, does that not make you happy, just to think about it now? But like Savoy I like, I like everything about that song. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really... Quite, he feels hung up, but he doesn't know why. But it's also just the, the music, I'm just kind of singing it in my head, it's very angular for the time. It's kind of got a weird, it's got a weird vibe for the time. Dum, 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 dum. I mean, that's heavy. That's a heavy jam. And it's got that cool bridge. But Savoy Truffle oh, is yeah. a thing that you just go, WTF? That's not, you, nobody puts that on the list of best Beatles songs. But I really, really like it. And then Within You Without You. That's where we were talking about the space between ourselves? That's right. Okay. George Harrison, Beatles songs. And, uh, and, and then you got his, uh, you got that solo record, which is just like, woo, right? I mean, which, what, what is life? I mean, come on, it's although, just it's, those it's, lyrics it's, make no sense at all. What, yeah, what is the you're life? a lyrics guy. I, I'm just talking about no, 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 no. It's man, like it's got some. He's got so many killer riffs. The horns on that, like, ah, oh. and oh my god, now now I I suggest to you this. Yeah, go into the internet. Okay, I'm going in now. Go up the go up the stream through the valve. Past the, past the tendrils. To, through a tendril all the way to the cave. The bridge orb. Don't, don't, you know, don't listen to it right now, Mm-mm. obviously, because we're doing a podcast. Right. But there is, a, there is a track on the internet of Clapton playing guitar on What Is Life. Oh, it's like an isolated track? Well, wait a minute. He, George, so <clears throat> I love this because of the story that it suggests. George had Clapton in his pal, his wife's dealer. Uh-huh. And Clapton laid down a track on What Is Life that George did not use. Oh, uh, What Is Life's second lead guitar? Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> and he's got, but it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm track. So there's a, if he plays a lead, I didn't hear it. But he does play a rhythm track that's very, very Clapton. 
that's all like he's just got like he's got a whole part it's not just a he's not just laying down a strumming acoustic he's got like a he's doing a bit throughout that's claptony and i was like is this in there as i was listening to it i was like is this in the track i can't believe it this is such a like claptony chicka chicka it's like a chew, it's like, it's chuckling and I don't mm-hmm. remember that song, Chugle. I don't remember Chugle. I remember it having a, a dang, 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 like a six chord, like a dang, you know what I mean? That, that's yeah. what I remember the rhythm guitar being. Well, so then you go listen to the track and you realize George had, George had, uh, uh, George Clapton come in. George Clapton. And play this track. And then he was like, mm. when they were mixing it, he said, mm, it's not really working. And he pulled it out because it would have totally changed the tune. And that's a thing that George Harrison can do, not use the Clapton track. Like if Clapton came in and played some chuglin thing on a Long Winter's song, I'd feel somewhat obligated to have it in the track. Right, right. right. But George is like, nah, no, that's not, where, that's not what I'm going for. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like mute the Clapton track. Okay, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm trying yeah. to see some of the ones here. I think you'll like it. Um, I'm looking at a few... I want to tell you, I mean mine. I need you, Subway Truffle. Who am I without you? You know, Harvey Danger covered that tune when I was in the band. Really? There's a local band, Tallahassee, that covered that too. It's it's such a great little three chord pop song. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Oh man. Um, did you know? I don't know if I've ever told you this. We did not have a toaster oven in my home when I was growing up. You did not have a toaster oven in your really no toast no toaster oven. We had a toaster. Well, I know you got you and your sister, and you got your mystery brother. You never talk about, but this yeah. is you and your sister living with your mom. That's right. No toaster oven. No toaster oven. Was it on like ethical, moral grounds? Why? No. Why would you not? This was this was one of the. This is like not having a calculator in your house. Well, we had calculators. Sure, use them all the time. She's not afraid of science and math. No, but your mom's the original stem baller. That's right. She had, we had one of the first she probably made one. Calculator. She probably made one, John. My mom, I don't think made a calculator, but she knew how to use a graphing calculator. Mm, hot. Which I never figured out. No offense. Uh, but, you know, I could find a, I could, I could push the cosine button and watch what it did. <laughs> uh, that's that's, that's going to look good on your CV. <laughs> you know, I, I spent many an afternoon pushing, uh, pushing the cosine button and wondering Boobs. what that meant. Shell. <laughs> Shell oil. Boobs. <laughs> but uh, but here's, uh, here's the, the weird business is that I had never seen a toaster oven. We just didn't have one. It, was, it never came up. My dad didn't have one either. And then later on in life, like when I went to college, some kid had a toaster oven in his room. And I was like, what's this miraculous thing? You can put a piece of pizza in there? And it, it makes it like so much better than a microwave for pizza. pizza. Yeah. yeah. We, we had, we had no access to this technology. And I think if we wanted to heat up a pizza, we, we uh, turned on the oven. Yep. Uh, but we did it. We were early adopters of microwaves. Okay. So, so your mom did have a microwave. We got a microwave, uh, fairly early in the consumerization of, of, uh, nuclear power. The, and, well, but the youngsters today, the millenniums, will not remember that. We, we got our first one, and I want to say 77, 70, probably 78. Oh, we and, were a little later than that. But, but no, but, but you know why? Because it was, you know, ah, it's going to yeah. be like having Hiroshima in your kitchen. 
Yeah, you turn it on, and then you run into the other room until You're telling done. me you got, like, nuclear technology in your oven, and you think that door is going to protect you? Yeah, well, so we got ours in about 1980, but it was the size of a stereo speaker, mm-hmm. and I mean the size of a 1980 stereo speaker. Sure. Right? It, it, had, it was the – if you could put two woofers. But the usable space inside was still kind of surpassingly small. There was a lot of stuff in the oven. By 1980, they had made it so that you, it's not like you're going to put a turkey in there. Mm-mm. And if you did put a turkey in there, it would either explode or become like it would, it would have the consistency of flan. I tried. I tried to cook a chicken once in college. I tried to cook a chicken in a microwave. Ugh. It was unspeakable what I did to this animal. Ugh. Yeah. What did it do? Uh, well, you know, there was a time when I'm sorry, I took you off your story, but there was a time when you could get microwaves because in the original vision of microwaves, I think the marketing geniuses realized that the microwave part, it's sort of like Steve Jobs and the iPhone. We're like, we had to, we want to give you this internet communicator, but we had to call it a phone. Otherwise you wouldn't buy it. And in this case, sure. this is a whole new technology, but it also had to feel like a regular oven. So it would do stuff like browning. You'd have like a little, like a kind of a burner in there where you could brown uh, things. Cause people uh, like, why would I, cause people People's idea about microwaves was they're dangerous, they make yeah. your food toxic, and it doesn't really cook anything except maybe scrambled eggs, and then that's really gross. That was the thought. Or, or you know, bacon. You can make bacon in your microwave. And by the way, I've got a great bacon recipe for you. Uh, mm. but, but, but so this one did not have that, or if it did have that, I didn't use it. I didn't really understand how to use a microwave, and it was everything you can imagine being horribly wrong about this food. It just it made it like it was just it was kind of like a big pile of human skin. <sighs> yeah, it was it was yellow. Oh no! It was yellow and kind of crackly, and uh, it was very, very unpleasant. And I I had to just, I had to just let it go. It was a little bit of a crackling rosy. (laughs) (laughs) So you just tossed the whole chicken. What are you going to do? You know, I hate throwing food away, but you know, uh, and also I used to cook in my bathroom in college. That's a different issue. The microwave that we had in 1980, we continued to have through the 80s into the 90s, and then when I moved to Seattle, I took said microwave. Did it have a handle that went kachunk? It had a oh, it went kachunk. It went kachunk like a vault door. Yeah, like but like uh, like the deep freeze at a restaurant. It had like a latch. It didn't have just like a little door that swung open. You had to go kachunk. No, it wasn't a like industrial uh, food service one. It was consume. It was you know it had a wood grain finish. <laughs> right, so did ours. Um, but but I put it on top of the refrigerator in my apartment in in Seattle. And it was the same width as the refrigerator. Like it sat on top, it sat proudly. Wow. On top of the refrigerator, giant microwave. And then one day I came home, I opened the door and was, opened my front door and was greeted with a blast of hot air. And I was like, what the? Hey? Mm-hmm. And I could see into my apartment and I saw that all the windows were steamed. And I was like, what the who? What? Did I leave the shower on? Is there someone? And then I was, for a brief moment, I was like, <clears throat> is there some amazing woman that's come into my apartment and is showering? And when I walk into my place, she's going to get out of the shower. Well, she's probably in trouble. And say, right? She's yeah, in trouble. She needs a place to go. She wants to get a quick shower. She's either in trouble or she says in a Russian accent, mm-hmm. we've been watching you. Mm. Or some many movies I've seen led me to believe this would be that is a fairly a plausible explanation for why you have steam in your house. Sure, I kept I, I I stood there and I was like, this is you know like I I then mimed taking out my pistol mm-hmm. from inside my shoulder holster uh, between my tweed jacket and my turtleneck. Yeah, <laughs> and then I I peered into the bathroom, 
thinking that there would be a lovely Russian spy who stepped out. But in fact, there was not. And then I walked into the kitchen and the microwave was on. Oh. And had been on all day. With nothing in it? Turned itself on. No. And I was like, what? Oh, no. No, 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 no. What the what? Yeah. And I ran in and I pushed stop on the on the button and it did not stop. It did not want to stop. <sighs> and so I think even in 1996 when this was, I think I did absolutely feel like maybe the entire apartment was full of radon. <laughs> And I ran that's, out. That's with like it. that's one of the first rules. I mean, one of the, one of the rules is don't you never put metal in the microwave. And right. the other one is you never have nothing in the microwave. Right. And I never really got the full explanation about why that would be. I can I can speculate, but I think radon is a very that's a pretty pretty predictable outcome. Radon or uh, or thetans. Yeah, thetans. Mm-hmm. So I, then I ran back in, unplugged it. And then uh, stayed out of there for the rest of the day. Came back in very suspiciously. Still no one interesting in the shower. And I immediately set about uh, moving out of this apartment. And when I moved out, I left the microwave. Because this was also the apartment. This was the apartment where the manager said, I did not make the rat. God made the rat. (laughs) And so. (laughs) Look at your lease, sir. (laughs) And so it says right there, God made the rat. It's What is it? Force majeure? (laughs) That's that's God rat. That's not my rat. Yeah. So this was the apartment that – so here's how I left the apartment. Rat under the refrigerator. I took all the light bulbs and I left the microwave. (laughs) So so he he either had a real mess to clean up or he just rented the apartment with the microwave. I don't know if he plugged it back in and it started running again. Like I don't know which one of the little – the little like synapses, the open closed doors, the the on offs, the the ones and zeros. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know which one shorted out so that this thing was like, I'm on now. You can't keep me off. Ugh. Can you imagine so, if you've been away for the weekend? That's how my mind works. Is I'd be like, ugh. Imagine if that went on for like a, like a Liberty weekend. Yeah. How long? How long before it melted itself? I mean, it steamed up the house. I don't even know where it got all that steam. Isn't that one of the rules of robotics? You're not allowed to hurt people. Right. Uh, you, you can't hurt other microwaves. Right. Don't go on by yourself. Right. Stay, stay on the road. Stay out of the moors. What uh-huh. are the other rules of uh, robot microwaves? <laughs> stay out of the moors. Uh, yeah. Never, uh, never initiate a land war in Asia. Right. No sushi on Sunday. Right. Don't invade Russia in the fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, um, go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> All these things should have been in the microwaves prime directive. Why are we not putting out ebooks? We could help so many people. Do you what know how we, many people have microwaves and don't really know all the all the laws and rules? There are forty Merlin Man parody accounts on Twitter, but there's no Merlin Man ebooks. Uh oh yeah, we get the bot that does that. I don't. I would be indistinguishable from my actual account. Yeah, I so I, I feel the same way. I don't think I'm. I don't think my <laughs> account is weird, but people tell me it's weird. John Syracuse thinks my account is very weird, and I, I don't get that. You make references to things that are flying through the sky. Yeah, that can all be Googled. Well, but, but there goes. Yeah. And you see it and you refer to it, but in a lot of cases, no one else saw it. Oh, I see. See what I mean? Yeah. The police, like two policemen saw it. Uh-huh. They chased it over a hill. They're not going to talk about that. Or like a pilot. Like a pilot. The last thing a pilot's going to do is say, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw an UFO. 
Yeah. You know, that, you, that, that's a quick trip to retirement right there. I watched a, uh, I watched a, an actual, like, um, not a documentary, but like someone was filming in a control tower at some point in the 1970s and there was a, there was an UFO and the control guys were talking to the pilots and there were like three pilots that saw it and they all were describing it to each other and they were all talking about it. And then at the end, and then all the, you know, like at, at the end, the, the air traffic controller was like, do you want to report this? And there was a long pause and you could hear the pilots go, not me. Negative. I don't want to report it. And there, there, and it just went down the stream. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, we talked about this before, but, you know, with, with regards to the Anchorman and the UFOs, you know, if you're in a cockpit a lot, and forgive my French, but, mm-hmm. like, if you're in there a lot, you've seen a lot of stuff. You've identified a lot of stuff as this thing and not that thing. And it seems to me if you've done that for even, like, a few years, if you see something that doesn't seem right, I mean, you know, maybe there's corner cases, but I, they know a weather balloon. They know stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That, that well, sounds like a jam up to me. And a lot of the time that you're piloting and looking at stuff, the whole game is what is that and how far away is it? Right? Like what altitude is it? What direction is it moving? How far away is it and what speed is it going? That like, seems that's really hard. We, when we sit on our back porch, sometimes we like to sit on our back porch and just look at the sky. And one of our little games is to notice how many things are planes because I guess there's a flight pattern out over the Pacific, which is what we look at from our uh, back porch. And, and there are times when my daughter and I will both look up and go, those planes look way too close. And they look like they're heading in the same direction. Obviously, they must not be. I've looked at FlightAware. You ever, ever spent time on FlightAware? You must have. It's a nice program. I spend a lot of time looking at flight patterns. But in this case, you can, now I know that's because I don't know how far apart those things actually are. Yeah, they but, know. But a pilot, man, I don't know, man. So those guys, I mean, you ever, you ever look out the window of a plane uh, that you're flying in and then all of a sudden a plane going the other way goes by really fast? Happened to me last year and it scared the shit out of me. I thought yeah, there's just, no way this, this is a good idea. Whoa, there it goes. It's one thing to be able to see a plane, but to be able to actually interpret, like, see that, oh, I can see that this plane is going this much faster or slower than my plane is too goddamn close. Yeah. yeah you get the, uh, what they call the parallax effect. Get a little bit of a parallax effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so that's all pilots do all day long. They're like, do, 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 do. oh, here's the thing. And then they uh, call in and they say, I see the thing. Or the, t- or the tower calls them and says, do you see that thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, you go, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's. <clears throat> It's 2,000 feet above me, and it's moving in this direction. Like, that's it. That's the whole, that's all they do. Hmm. So when they say, I don't know what that is, but that doesn't belong here, uh, and here's how fast it's moving, and here's how big it is, here's how far away it is, and the tower goes, hmm, I either see that or I don't, let's call over to the military base and see what they say, and the military base predictably says, not one of ours, then what do you do? Right. Then, but you don't want to report it because then you're going to be on the front page of the newspaper. Oh, and at this point, it's like calling wave. Mm-hmm. We know what I mean? They're going to return. Yeah. No, they're going to be like, what? Look, looks fine from here. That's not yeah, that weird. They're going to say, reset your router. That's right. Just unplug it. Not into it. Not into it. George Harrison modems. You had something else. Microwaves. You know what's great about FlightAware? Hmm. You know these programs that allow you to, and it might even be FlightAware, that allow you to put in the tail numbers of aircraft. You can or, do that on FlightAware, yeah. Yeah, or the, the, uh, the uh, registration number of a boat and find out who owns it and what, what Oh, the I didn't know that. Is. That's interesting. There's a boat one, too, that will tell you every boat that's on the water. And 
uh, all their IDs, and you can click on them and see. So if you're in a if you're in a place and you see a giant yacht, and you're like, "What asshole owns that yacht?" Right. Uh, you can click. You just in, go over to Asshole Aware and put in the, to, uh, the boat number, right. and they're like, "Ah, oh, it's Sergey Brin." Um, no, no, no. He's a wonderful person. Wonderful man helps a lot of he's, people. I think he's listening to us right now on his uh, his Google Glass. Hello, hello. Um, but uh, the other day, John Hodgman was somewhere. Uh, probably London, and he sent me a picture of a Learjet that was painted all black, a flat black Learjet, and right on the front of it was the old Woody Woodpecker, like a like like a with the extra elongated bill. No, no, just the oh the long bill, right? But no body, just the head, <clears throat> like a the same the same tattoo that was on. Um, the guy old, in uh, what's his face in Raising Arizona, John Matuzak. John Matuzak. Why do I know that? And also Nicolas Cage. They had the same tattoo because they were what brothers? Mm-hmm. Or, well, we don't know. We don't know. That's that, that's one of that's one of the mysteries of Raising Arizona. Sure. Well, were they what frat brothers? No. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those guys went to college. Brothers of another mother. Brothers of another mother. What's mm-hmm. the story there? Boom. We'll never see it because he's blown up. Spoiler alert! I think. Mm, oh yeah, that was sad. He's. Uh, I think he's one of the uh, great ex-boxing actors. Oh, he was a boxer. I think he was a boxer. This is before they had Ultimate Fighting. This is back when they just had boxing. Uh, was he a fighter by his trade? By uh, John Matuzak? Yeah. I'll have to look. Did he I'm carry sure. a reminder of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out? This is his anger and his pain. Shame. Shame. John. Wait, John Matu. No, wait. Not John. John Matuzak was a football player. Who am I thinking of? Um, Raising, the guy. Ra- Rand, guy. Wait, no, Randy, Randy, Randall Tex Cobb. Randall Tex Cobb. I even had heard that name because mm-hmm. I probably Googled him one time because I thought he was fascinating. Six foot three, born 1950. He did boxing and karate. You know, I'm six foot three. No. He seems bigger than me. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? Is that a forced but, perspective thing, John? Well, I think it's because a lot of Hollywood actors are small in stature. Mm. How tall is Nicolas Cage? I bet they say he's 5'10. Or I bet they say six six foot tall, but he's really 5'9. Okay, I'm going to say Nicolas Cage is 6'1". Nicolas Cage. You no Googled because no I passed it. No, I'm going now. Nicolas Cage. Hi. He's related to... Uh, Nicolas to- Cage feet. Nicolas Cage. No, Nicolas Cage is 6'0", uh, six, six according to... Yeah, the see, that means 5'9". I'm two inches taller than Tom Cruise, turns out. Yeah, he's not He's not a tall person. John Travolta you- is 6'2". No. Yeah, Bologna. that seems like a stretch. Baloney. Sylvester Stallone, 5'10", please. Please. No chance. Have You're you seen me, him? I think he's littler than that. Somebody I, somebody I know uh, uh, just published a photo of themselves um, on, a, on their zine, and they were standing next to Sylvester Stallone, and he was the size of a waste paper basket. <laughs> <coughs> this November... We head to the polls and select the 45th President of the United States of America. But today, Cards Against Humanity is asking you to vote with your dollar for the candidate that you support. The Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton, is a graduate of Yale Law School who has served our country as Secretary of State, Senator from New York, and First Lady of the United States. In her decades of public service, she has tirelessly advocated for women's rights, campaign finance reform, and access to health care. 
The Republican candidate, Donald Trump, will make America great again. He is a powerful CEO who wears three suits at once. All across America, buildings scream his name. Trump! Trump! He always knows what time it is. Donald Trump is a huge man who lives in a golf course. At the end of this promotion, Cards Against Humanity will tally up the sales of both packs. And depending on which pack gets more support, we will donate all the money in support of Hillary Clinton. Exercise your sacred franchise at www.americavoteswithcardsagainsthumanity.com. He was like, like, a, like an office, an office waste paper basket. Yeah, his nose was wider than he was tall. Oh dear. Anyway, Hodgman sent me this picture of this airplane, and he said, "Let's buy this airplane." And uh, went to the site, went followed the FlightAware to the site, and it was owned by the owned by an LLC uh, called something dumb, something like Little Woody, hmm. or or I don't know what it was. So what's called a Shell Corporation, John? I think it was a situation where somebody, uh, somebody with more money than brains, was like, "I want my, I, I'm going to get my Learjet uh, through a broker. I'm going to buy some Learjet from Glenn Fry, the great Glenn gonna, Fry estate, <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to rattle can it black and put a Woody Woodpecker on it, and uh, and then people will know I'm coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Sure. Like, that's what I want. I want to land in a regional airport." And my black Learjet, and I want people to be like, I I don't even know about FlightAware, but I want to download it just to find out who this player is. It's it's really it's it's so noble to get to that point in life where you're successful enough that nobody tells you what an asshole you are. <laughs> what do you think the finishes are? We can, like? we can do that. We can do that. We can paint it black. <laughs> sure, you betcha. You betcha, Mister Guy. Any chance you want a woodpecker on there? So in, on the inside, I'm thinking either it is like a super 80s interior, like mauve. Uh, linoleum, right? Because he got it from Glenn Fry. Yeah. Or it's some situation where he took a lot of bench seats out of a Ford F one fifty, or like out of a out of a out of an E three fifty van, and just bolted them in, because he bought he just bought the shell, and he was like, this thing needs an interior, and he got a, he got a bunch of seats from a bus. Hmm. But I I I highly doubt old little Woody. I th- I don't think his Learjet is like. Custom appointments inside. Yeah, all uh, all hat, no cowboy. All hat, no cattle. Is that no cattle? All hat, no cattle. <laughs> all hat, no is cowboy. This, is this your first day? <laughs> all hat, no cowboy is what you say about a cowboy ghost. <laughs> Boo, partner. <laughs> yeah, death is raking up him too. Oh my gosh, he's just pushing the cowboy hat up the hill. <laughs> Never gets any better. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. So I, but I do. So let me ask you this. Yeah. If you were going to have, if you were going to have, if somebody gave you a jet, okay. Let's say first of all that you had money. Yeah. All right. Sure. Why Here not? we go. Let's imagine that you have money uh, and enough money. I'm gonna need a minute for this one, but sure. Okay. <laughs> Let the get the gears turning. I know you're gonna, you're gonna have to oil. You're gonna get an oil can out and start oiling. Those Gotta put gears. on my VR headset. <laughs> You have money, enough money that you that it's now reasonable that if you traveled, 
you would not want to fly commercial anymore. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Because that's a tremendous inconvenience. You have to wait around. You have to sit with other people. They don't serve Kentucky Fried Chicken. Nothing's gold. Sometimes you want to leave when you want to leave. You Gotta want to go. get there you want to get there. Yep. Because you've got money now, which means you're important enough that you have to be places. I'm Mr. Guy. i got to be places, and i got to get back to my bedroom in Manhattan, because that's literally the only place I can sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You need your pillow. My pillow. But you're not going to bring your pillow. No, I'm not a monster. Because your pillow stays in your bed. That's how you know where it is. So in this model, somebody gives me a jet, and let's can we just stipulate maybe a place to keep it, and then for mm-hmm. the sake of argument, I have enough money to do something with it. Yeah, you have enough money, A, to maintain it. B, to keep a pilot on call. Oh, boy. C, to pay the exorbitant gas bills that are, that, you know, that uh, attenuate every time you turn the lights on. Oh, God. And, oh, I know. But the thing is, you have enough money that you don't have to think about any of this stuff. You're, you just, you, uh, you charge your executive assistant with it, and then the bills get paid. You never think about it. Yep. Here's your, here's your jet. It costs you $250,000 a year to, just so that you can fly to uh, wherever it is you need yeah, to Yeah, but for a guy like me, that's a rounding error. Right, exactly. It's just the interest payment on your boat. Yeah, right. Now, how would you configure your jet airplane? Okay. Hmm. I'm not super clear on the, on the constraints, but I would say, um, would I be taking my family places? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do I have because- the same family, or now that I've got money, do I have a different family? Well, I think you're going to have to have the same family you have, but you could add additional families up to four. Okay, so sliding doors. I got yeah. it. Okay. And also, your family doesn't have to work. Your daughter no longer has to work or oh. go to school. That'd be nice if she didn't have to work anymore. Right? Yeah. You know, she she gets to come out. Of, she doesn't have to thread the needles at the thimble uh, factory anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Testing out the thimbles. Those <laughs> tiny can... little fingers. Ow! Ow! This, thing, this thimble goes back. <laughs> but I want to buy Shopkins. I have to work at the thimble factory. Yeah, so you're I, all just flying around. You're going places. Yeah. Oh, I think you would have like five bathrooms and a pretty nice kitchen and places like soundproof rooms for everyone, mm. right? And see, the thing is, I this is all speculation because I don't, I haven't been on a lot of fancy jets. A big jet, if it's everybody gets their. Own I've sound. seen a lot of fancy jets. We were watching Sherlock last night, and we saw a fancy jet in that on the inside of that. Of course, I've seen the the Republican president's uh, jet many times. I've seen the, the Air Force One movie. Yeah. It seems to me most of the most of those seem fairly unambitious. It yeah, seems like exactly. they basically go nice chairs, yeah. more leg room, a table, and maybe like a wet bar. But not really. You're right. They, they don't really go for it. They don't. It's not very fantastical. It isn't like a psychedelic 60s idea of a sex jet. Like it's it's very it seems most of these I, I know they're very costly. Now, what, now, if I want to get like a like a Learjet or a Gulfstream, well, you're looking at what, like five million dollars. Oh, it's a lot depending on, you know, it goes up very quickly from like, oh, that's an expensive indulgence mm-hmm. to that's a ludicrous thing. Yeah. Uh, that you would have to. That there's, frankly, no justification for it. Like, no CEO is so important that he needs to show his face. Like, the more important a CEO is, I would think, the less likely he would actually have to get his face in front of other people. That's a really good point. Well, let me ask you this. Pop quiz, hotshot. Um, how many rack rate first class round trip flights per year would you need to spend to make it worth the effort to have a company jet? Answer any way you want. You would have to be in the air all the time. You would really? have to be a super villain that was getting refueled in midair. Oh my goodness. And never touch the ground. It's that costly. 
it's uh, well just the airplane like a like a like a like a brand new Gulfstream 2 Gulfstream I think they were on 5 last I checked 2 oh Gulfstream oh that's right Gulfstream V let's say Gulfstream V um and uh let's see oh it's 36 best. million dollars as of 1998 I don't even know what the latest Gulfstreams are named by owners as the best in value business aircraft <laughs> $36 million in 1998. 12 hours nonstop. Um, here you can get, you can get a, a used one here at globalair.com. Oh, is that right? Uh, so a, a 1999 Gulfstream 5 is only 14900000 now. So it retains so, its value pretty well. So, so this is one of those things, 50. though. You wouldn't want to make it too fucking weird. You wouldn't want to have like a small abattoir in it because that would take some of the retail value away. I think if you it's like it's like a house if you decorate it too closely to your own style um you are going to have a hard time uh selling it later. Okay. All right. I went and looked at a house in Tacoma the other day that was uh that was like a beautiful four-story tall Victorian and uh but it had been decorated by a couple of eccentrics. I'm going to say a husband and wife team of eccentrics. And the outside of the home was covered with uh, it had it had trombones stapled to it. <laughs> and <laughs> that sounds eclectic. I'd never seen the like. Hmm. And I was like, wow. Hmm. So Don't see that every day. So when you were when you thought to put this house on the market, you didn't think take the trombones down. You were just like, maybe the next owner wants to fuck on a pile of trash. Why would I deny them that? <laughs> right? Maybe it's anyway, going to be somebody from Neutral Milk Hotel. And, you know, they wanted some trombones around. So a brand new Gulfstream is Song against sex on a pile. $61 million. $61 million. Which, what are you talking about? A brand new Gulfstream. I'm looking at a Gulfstream G650ER, which yeah. is $68.68 million. It seats 19? Mm-hmm. $68 million. Yeah. So who? So that means if you have six hundred and eighty million dollars, this is already ten percent of your. Of well, your f- my my back of the envelope calculation on a first class flight, which I never buy, it's only ever bought for me. But generally speaking, I think you can expect most American first class flights to be at least two grand rack rate. Yeah, I I always think first class uh, anywhere you'd want to go. And if you're flying first class, you're probably not booking those flights a long time in advance, right? Because it's first, you're first class flyer. But can we assume two thousand? Is that fair? I was, I would have said four. Okay, well, let's say four. If you, well, yeah, yeah. But if, even if it's, let's say, if it's three, let's say, let's say three. Let's. let's if it's, if you figure three thousand, you fly once a week. Is my math right? That's a little over one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay. Is that right? Am I doing the math right? So do that again. No, I probably did that wrong. Yeah, say that again. Uh, three. Do, do you need a graphing calculator? Should I'm I co-sign use the this? internet? Three thousand asterisk fifty-two. Hundred and fifty-nine thousand dollars per a rack rate first-class round-trip flight, more or less. Let's double that. Let's double it. You double that, right? Yeah, three hundred and eighteen thousand dollars a year. Let's you, say you, maybe you're gonna maybe you can go to Canada sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Three hundred. How are you calculating this? Three hundred thousand dollars a year for what? Oh, uh, so if you took a three thousand dollar flight fifty two times a year, oh, once a week, that's one hundred fifty six thousand dollars per flight. Yeah, 
If you if you, uh, amateurizing that jet over the course of only one year, if you amateurize it for one year, you get right. to that. But you have to factor in how much gasoline it costs to fly a Gulfstream Five. Oh, did 80. I mention you have to hire a pilot and a pilot and a co-pilot and a, probably a. Don't you a, want somebody to serve staff. you drinks? What do you do? You make your kid make drinks for you? Can make me a bloody? No, yeah, you're going to have. The whole reason you're rich is your kid doesn't have to work anymore. That's right. Get, uh, gone from the thimble pe- factory, you're going you're gonna to want an air steward. Yeah, you're going to want her on Rich Kids on Instagram. Yes. And you're not going to want her fixing people's drinks on Rich Kids on Instagram. Yeah. She should be showing off her three Rolex watches. Oh, uh, right. So what? So what? <laughs> one of those things like a, like a Russian rapper, like, or, you know, the, you know, those, those crazy Russian guy photos where it's a guy with like two pistols and like, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of $20 bills on a bed. A diamond grill. What do you call that? <laughs> what do you call that kind of, is there a name for that genre of people showing off their wealth and guns? I, 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 I have definitely gone on the internet and found like ultimate fail websites, which used to be a thing I loved <laughs> to go to ultimate fail. Tattoo fails. Oh my God. No, lo- my daughter's favorite is no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Tattoo fails, especially where the picture of the little the, of the the person's infant child is there, and then the tattoo representation of the person's oh infant God. child. It looks somebody looks somebody drew it with their feet. Yeah, like a shrunk shrunken apple head. Yeah, um, and I think on some of those sites, ultimate fails. Uh, I I I followed links to sites that just had people with like one hundred and eighty dollars. Uh, spread out over the court, over the the bre- bedspread of a motel bed, and like two two guns and one pellet gun and an outfield CD. And, yeah, and a couple of like um, a, a couple of pack of cigarettes, uh, guitar guitar band. Is there anything uh, else? Is there guitar? anything else I can put in this photo? Yeah. Mom, the, can I borrow the microwave? Two, two flat flat brim Yankees caps. <laughs> Oh, people. I just sent you a link to my um, favorite new Twitter. <clears throat> this is the kind of, this is the, um, it's in the Skype. This is the kind of thing where um, you used to see a lot of this on the internet 10, 15 years ago. And then I guess it became kind of a 4chan thing. But if you want a nice mainstream, fucked up Twitter to follow, try Cursed Images. Cursed Images. <clears throat> and you can find that by just going to twitter.com slash Cursed Images. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So is this, is this an art space? Well, you'll see. It's just, it's just uh, mostly disturbing photos. <laughs> Woo! How about nice. how about those uh, those uh, what is that badgers? Badgers. That's a lot of badgers in one yard. There's like eighty badgers, and look at the cat. I know. There's a cat in the corner looking at the badgers. Like, holy shit! <laughs> that, <laughs> this is about, not this is not how I wanted my life to turn out. So I I have uh, you I've told you in the past that cats and possums uh, will interact with one another. You not only told me that you've seen it, John. You've seen it firsthand. You know that they they could make a uh, they could have a, an accord. They could have a, a detente. A detente. Well, apparently, according to this image, a cat and thirty badgers will also just chill together. <laughs> I think a lot of these are Russian. I have to, yeah. Here's a guy drinking a tumbler of vodka <laughs> while he eats what looks like salmon roe out of a big tub <laughs> with a spoon. These are, scroll down. These are tremendous. I, li- I like the Christmas wreath made out of baby carrots. Keep going down. I think those are Cheetos. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, whoa. I do feel like a badger is not a thing. Oh, here's a guy in an oxygen tent who wanted to play the violin. <laughs> sure did. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a viola. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Um, I do feel... Oh, my goodness. See the Russian Look guy? Look at him with the tub of roe. 
Yeah, and look, that's a lot of roe, and I think that's probably, you think that's what vodka he's drinking there? Yeah, he does seem like a Russian guy. He didn't need to put a shirt on. He's just enjoying some roe. I, I, really, uh, I really do feel like, now I want to know more about it. What is the deal with that bed? With 10 eggs on it? With 10 cracked eggs. Yeah. You just, you just got to say what happened. Interesting gag to do on somebody. I spent uh, a lot of time on this website. I'm going to have to look at that. But now, now I want to know more about badgers. Yeah. Um, I, 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 think, I think this isn't the, the reason I want to know more about this. Oh, the first thing that comes up, of course, is the Wisconsin Badgers, which I'm guessing is, a, uh, is the University of Wisconsin football team. Wait, but, who's, who's the Gophers? Oh, it's Minnesota. The Minnesota football team is the Gophers? Is it the Golden I Gophers? The, I thought, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, the Oregon team is the Gooey Ducks. Remember in uh, Fargo they say Go Gophers? Yeah, Minnesota Golden Gophers. So, oh, they are, uh, badgers are in the same family as otters, no. weasels, wolverines, and polecats. I see the wolverine. I see I the Wilberforce resemblance. Yeah, weasels even too, but otters? I bet, I bet badgers are tough. They look pretty tough. They do look tough. I'm going to start calling otters sea weasels. Oh, water badgers. Why the hell aren't they already called sea weasels? <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. You know, like a sea lion doesn't look like a sea lion. It looks like a sea dog. Sea dog. Sea dog. Yeah. But I, but I guess sea dogs were already taken by pirates. Arr. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. There are a lot of different kinds of badgers. And uh, in America, we have the uh, American badger. You've got the American badger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's the European badger. And then the Asian badger. European badger thinks he's fancy. Japanese badger. Hog badger. Burmese ferret badger. Javan ferret badger. I, you know, is a ferret badger, do you think a ferret badger is something that like a Javanese goth would carry? Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing Strunk and White would say eventually that needs to become a new word. When you're hyphenating something like ferret badger, like you're not really done yet. This has not reached its final form. This right. needs to be called something other than a ferret badger. That's, that's you know, with, with all due respect, I know we live in complicated times. I think that's probably a little off-putting to ferrets and badgers. Yeah, pick a side, right? Yeah, right, exactly. But now I'm looking at a ferret badger. It actually looks like a perfect Fer- cross between a ferret and a badger. My friend had a ferret as a pet. I, <clears throat> so I've been to people's house. Back when I would buy drugs. Yeah. Oh, from, I bet you see a lot of ferrets. From people that I didn't know. This is buying, let's be clear, this is not a Mr. Show bit, but buying drugs in the 90s, I bet you met a lot of people with exotic pets. I did. I, oh, I C-3PO. People, yeah, exactly. Like, the, like a, you know, I mean, how many other people have kissed a parrot, mm. right? French kissed a parrot. Um, but yeah, you'd go, you'd go to somebody's house. You can't I, trust these online polls. I told you about the time I was at a, I was at a guy's house and he had a rooster. I'd love to, a, I'd love to hear it again. In his snake cage. He got a rooster he, in a snake cage. <laughs> he bought a little he bought a little chicken to feed his giant boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. And then the boa constrictor wasn't hungry, I guess. Or not boa constrictor, it was a python, some Burmese ferret. But it's python. the kind that it squeezes its prey, the prey turns purple and then they kind of eat it. Yeah, it's a, it's a boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. It squeezes it squeezes a chicken mm-hmm. and uh, and it eats it. But this snake, his giant, what I can only recall as being a yellow, a giant yellow Burmese python <sighs> ferret, was in a huge uh, like enclosure in his living room. And he bought a chicken and he put it in there for the thing to eat. Live, it's got to be live. 
You got to be live because that excites the python, and that's what you want, an excited python. And you only feed it like – we had one of these in my seventh grade science class. We used to put rabbits in there, and I think it was – it had, was like, I want to say like once a month. You didn't have to yeah. feed it that often. Didn't feed it that often. And that's why this situation got confusing for, the, for my uh, drug dealer friend. Because the and the and my friend looked like the uh, lead singer of um, of uh, out no uh, what was the band that did um, jump around no 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 House of Pain yeah I think it was he he looked like the singer of House of Pain but he had this snake he put the chicken in there the snake wasn't interested and oh. the chicken lived in the cage with the snake long enough that it was revealed to not be a chicken but in fact to be a rooster. And then it grew until it was like not a full-grown rooster, but a teenage rooster. Like its legs were – it had foghorn leghorn legs, mm-hmm. which were, I, if I recall correctly, six inches tall. Like this rooster now was two feet tall. And my, my friend said, <clears throat> I don't think the snake can eat this now. It's too big. And I don't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. Did, in the fullness of time, did he start feeding the rooster what the rooster would enjoy eating? I think he, was, he had to keep feeding the rooster. There's a point the, where it converts from food to pet. Well, sure, snake food to pet, but he didn't want a rooster. And I can't think of anybody that wants a rooster except my next-door neighbor here who has that freaking rooster out there that wakes me up every morning. It would not be a typical 90s drug dealer pet. A rooster? No. Although you go to McMinnville, I bet you're going to see a lot of drug dealers with, uh, sorry, sorry, medicinal uh, marijuana. Uh, I, bet, I bet there's tons of roosters in McMinnville. If you, oh, well, sure, but those are those are good eating roosters. Those are uh, artisanal, bespoke heritage uh, hen. Sure, they're stew stew roosters. Stew, stew roosters, okay. Anyway, so hmm. he said, I don't know what to do with this rooster. I don't want to just turn it loose in the yard. No, that'd be cruel. <clears throat> but I'm thinking that that's what I have to do. And of course, in my state at the time, in my at the place I was in my life, I didn't have very good judgment. And I said, I'll take the rooster. And so he was like, really? And I said, yeah, I'll take that rooster. And so he... Oh, she still had the invoice for that. He took One the, bag of marijuana, <laughs> one rooster. He took the rooster out of the cage, but somehow I'd been dropped off at his house. I was a long way from where I lived, which wasn't my house. I was crashing at a guy's house. And so this guy I was buying the pot and getting free roosters from, he had a white 72 El Camino. And he said, I'll give you a ride back to your house if you take the rooster. And I was like, I'm taking the rooster. So the rooster and I got in the back of the El Camino. <laughs> and we drove- El Camino, for people who don't remember, is a pickup truck-like automobile. It's not a brat. But, no. it, was, but it was like you would. You, wouldn't you describe it as a car that happens to have a bed in the back? Yeah, it looked like a car, but it but it was a pickup truck. It looked like a Chevelle, but it had a a pickup. And uh, but he lived across town, so we had to get on the freeway. And so I'm sitting in the back, trying to keep a hold of this rooster. And the rooster initially was very suspicious of me, but when he realized that his life was in my hands, it's not like you're going to bond with him. But he stuck close to me because if he got away from me. He, his little rooster claws were not able to get gain purchase in the metal back of the truck. And so he would just slide. He would slide all the way to the back when the car would accelerate. And then when the car would break, he would slide all the way to the front. And I'm trying to get a hold of him. He's trying to get away from me at first. 
Finally, you know, the rooster and I like reach an accommodation. We get across town. I come into the house where I'm crashing, where there are like five guys sitting around watching uh, Friends. And I'm like, guess what? I got us a rooster. Hmm. The guy that is renting the house, the, the head, uh, head rooster in charge, <laughs> says, I don't want a rooster in my house. Leave it on the – well, you know, at first everybody's like, wow, right? And they're all like petting the rooster and interested in the rooster. And I feel like a hero uh, because I also had weed. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes clear that the rooster is not welcome. And he says, rooster, rooster can't stay. And so I'm trying to negotiate with him, but I'm like, okay, I'll put the rooster on the porch for a minute while you and I talk about what's going to happen to the rooster. Because I don't have rooster, You don't want the rooster to hear it. Well, and also, like, I don't have a place to go, right? Yeah. So I need to keep crashing at this house, but I don't want to be separated from my rooster because by now I feel kind of bonded. Did I'm you name, bond. named it at this point? I don't think I had named it. Yeah. I might have called it Sri Raja. Okay. Um. So I'm talking to my friend, and I'm like, well, can we leave the rooster in the backyard? And he's like, the backyard is my hot pepper garden. I don't want the rooster eating my hot peppers. So we talk about it for a little while. We did not reach any kind of agreement. And I go outside, rooster's gone. Oh, no. He flew the Cer- coop. I, <laughs> you said it. I searched, <laughs> the whole, I searched the whole neighborhood. Can't find the rooster anywhere. And uh, this house was on the border of Little Saigon. And so we all speculated that someone came along. The rooster escaped. Oh, the rooster no. was walking down the street, headed on its merry way. Cock of the walk. Thinking, <laughs> thinking that it was like headed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Rooster Town. Rooster Town, USA. And then somebody. <laughs> I hear this job picking grapes out there. <laughs> somebody who is thinking stew rooster. <laughs> sees him says hmm unattended hmm. rooster <laughs> and <clears throat> it's like uber for roosters so, and again presumably if you know a stew rooster if, <laughs> if you recognize a stew rooster when you see one mm-hmm. you're also going to a know how to grab a stew rooster <laughs> for us it would be like seeing a cheeseburger walk by <laughs> whoa right whoa i'll have it cheeseburger <laughs> And uh, so they knew how to grab it, and they knew how to tell whether this rooster belonged to somebody. They check it for tags. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, rooster, you're coming with me. And the rooster might have even thought, like, this person knows how to handle a rooster. <laughs> I'm, headed, I'm headed to Rooster, uh, rooster Eden. I'm going to Rooster Town. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then death raked up his leaves. Oh, God. You're pushing the rooster uphill. Yeah. And then right into the stew pond. My God, what a, confu- <laughs> what a confusing week for that rooster. Right. I mean, think about that. You couldn't. You couldn't write that story up. Like from a rooster's point of view, what a very, very confusing week. You're not going to fucking believe what happened to me. Somebody yeah. bought me for food, which apparently they think I am. I think of myself as a rooster. I might be an architect someday, and they throw me in a tank with a, with a big ass python. Python's not interested. Right. You know. I start to grow. I start to grow. I'm I get not, too big for the cage, and too they big say, for the python. They realize that I'm, I'm a tough guy. They've got, they got to get rid of me before I hurt this python. They're going to give me this guy over here. So yeah. we, get, we get in a pickup truck. I'm a little baked because yeah, sure. I'm living in a drug dealer house. Sure. Oh, you get, a, you get a, a rooster contact high. Yep. Wow, that's rough. He gets in a car with a, with a, with a, with a bearded young guy mm-hmm. who wants to kind of be his pal. Yeah. You know, the, bearded, the young bearded guy wants to interact with me. He's been adopted. Yeah. Like, hey, 
hey pal mm-hmm. can i scratch under can i scratch the back of your neck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you ever scratch a chicken never scratch a chicken Mm-mm. when you uh when you go to scratch a chicken's neck you realize that a chicken is 98 percent feathers yeah that's like our cat yeah and all that's in there underneath the feathers because you're like i want to scratch you and then you're like whoa i don't want to just scratch feathers i want to scratch bird. a chicken i'll scratch and a bird yeah, you get all the way in there, and you're like, there's hardly any bird here. It's like his neck is as big as a crayon, mm. <laughs> but surrounded by feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never thought about it from the rooster's perspective, but that was quite a day. Yeah. Oh, never did gets better, know, does it? Did you know that? Well, no, it doesn't. You're gonna end up. Uh, you're gonna end up in a in a plastic bag made to look like a pumpkin on death's lawn. Ha, 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 ha.